Hello, welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat. I'm here with my bride, Daisy. Welcome, Daisy. Thank you. It's always awesome to have Daisy here. Um, I know that many of you have shared uh, words of appreciation towards her thoughts and the wisdom that she shares. And so today we're going to hit um, another relevant question. What happens after death? And I think that if you've had a loved one that's passed away, maybe a friend uh, that's passed away, I think that there's uh, been a lot, you know, in, in a lot of people's lives. Um, there's, there's so much. And, you know, I think that uh, I, I recently had an acquaintance in Seattle that I kind of grew up with, and he uh, sadly committed suicide, you know. And so um, those questions just get immediately raised, you know. Um, and, and so let us kind of roll in to it, Daisy. Mm -hmm. And before we dive in, though, I think that there's something that I think is kind of the, the glaring issue for people when it comes to this topic. And that is, does God judge us? Mm. You know, when we die. And then do we go to be with him or not or whatever? And I think our culture has shifted towards, hey, we'd rather believe in a God that doesn't judge, that doesn't evaluate us, and that everybody's just good in a better place. And I think that is uh, the common trajectory of people. However, I would just kind of ask this question. Um, do people tend to believe in accountability in our culture? What would you say to that? Yeah, I would say um, they do. Like if, if a crime is committed, um, justice needs to be done. I'm on um, next door for better or for worse. And so, you know, I every once in a while go on there and read, and it's full of people saying, hey, this crime was committed, this crime was committed, my car was stolen, this was stolen, my garage was broken into. I mean, just ridiculous amounts of posts. Mm -hmm. But these people aren't saying, well, you know, that's okay for them to do that because that's what they believe is okay. No, these people who are posting are all saying, what's wrong with our city? Where are the police? Justice needs to be done, and I see that every day. Absolutely. So I think that people uh, believe in accountability. They believe in accountability. They want these people to be held accountable uh, because they know that society would be better off. Um, and I think that, you know, one of my friends was on social media sharing that, hey, she started this uh, business uh, selling pies, mm -hmm. uh, but then one of her former employees basically uh, took all of her recipes, copied and pasted the descriptions of those recipes, and started her own competitor business. Oh, wow. Um, and it's all just biting her product. Mm. Um, so it's like, you know, she's, of course, discouraged, frustrated, upset, and mm -hmm. wants accountability for that because that's mm -hmm. pretty, pretty poor conduct there. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think that if you asked any business owner, any employer, they would say accountability is best for the health of this organization. Mm -hmm. If you asked any coach of any sports team, they would say accountability is best for this organization. Um, I've been tuning in to Deion Sanders, who's the new coach mm -hmm. of the University of Colorado Buffaloes, where you went to school. Mm -hmm. and. 
he is doing a great job recruiting and you know it's probably not going to be easy to just recruit in one year and win everything i don't think that's going to happen but one thing i do hear in the speeches that get recorded on his instagram feed is it's all about accountability but then i think that uh, it's important that we note that we all believe in accountability but then i think i want to say it's compassionately i think we want to turn that off in some way, shape, or form when it comes to God and us. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I think we, the bridge I'm building to people who are hearing that today is God is a loving judge who does have to hold us accountable or he wouldn't be just. He wouldn't be a just God. He'd be a, a God that just, hey, I just let everything go. I created you and I've given you a conscience and I've given you morality that's built in and embedded into your heart, but yet uh, I'm just going to let it all go. No, he, he's not going to let it all go. He's just. Mm -hmm. And so um, our source, and we always share our source on every podcast, our source of where we go for answers is Jesus. We believe that he is the son of God. He's changed our lives. He's changed, he's changed human history. He's really his resume stands out. And so we're about Jesus here. And here is what Jesus says in John chapter 5, verses 27 to 29. Uh, this is from an eyewitness called John. And he says, The Father has given the Son authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. That's a messianic title given that he's giving to himself. Jesus continues, do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good, done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. And then in another place, I think that we have to not shy away from this, because if we shy away from this, I don't think we're loving. If we, if we believe that people are about to drive off of a cliff in five miles and like they don't know it's coming because it's foggy and they can't see it and it's snowing and they just have no ability to see it. How loving would we be if we just didn't tell? Mm -hmm. So Jesus says this, and these, these are the parts of Jesus that no one wants to talk about. But here's what he said. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So his point is that there is a place of justice for those who have done evil on this in, during their time uh, on this planet. Um, and it's a place called hell. It, in the Bible, the hell is described as a place where God is not present. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also not described in a... Uh, favorable fashion to like you're going to enjoy it <laughs> it's talked about as uh, eternal conscious torment like you're you're not happy to be there and so when people say oh well you know all my friends will be there i don't care you know let's just go get lit tonight like i'm not thinking they're computing the whole thing that they're saying is going to be that great um and so now all of that's to say and this is where I think the million dollar question is, is God going to be fair in who gets to go with him 
and who doesn't get to go with them. Because I think the biggest problem people have is, well, yeah, you guys, you Christians think it's just through Jesus, but yet what about everybody else? So is he fair in his judgment of who's going to go with him and who's not? And I guess I would just get the ball rolling with that whole thing and just ask you, Daisy, like, is God fair? Is he going to be fair? Yeah, I think how people think about that really depends on what they believe about God. And, you know, I've wrestled with that question plenty throughout my life. I think most Christians have, you know, thought that through. Like, it's, it is a question when you think about friends or family members who you don't see any evidence that they're in Christ. You start wondering, is, is God fair? And that is, you know, a very legitimate question. I think um, what's really helped me in that question is the knowledge of God's love for us and his demonstration of that through Jesus. Jesus' death and resurrection for us shows a perfect love. And I think that I have trust and faith in that perfect love that God will make perfect judgment. And so I, I don't know his judgments, and it's not up to me to determine his judgments. However, I believe that I can rest and not worry about people's futures other than doing what he's called me to do, which is to share his love with other people. But ultimately, he's the one that's going to make that judgment. And I do believe he is perfectly loving and he is perfectly just. Hmm. And so that belief allows me to say, I don't have to evaluate whether God's fair or not. He's going to make those judgments. He is going to, um, he is going to be fair because that is part of his perfect justice. And so that's, that's really helped me a lot when I come to that question. See, I think this is why people love it when you're on the show, Daisy. That was really well said. He's Thank perfectly you. loving and he's perfectly just. And so I think that's, I think the first thing I'd want to start with is the love then. Mm -hmm. So God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son mm -hmm. to die on the cross for sin to reconcile us to the Father. And so it's like, all right, he's coming at us with Savior. So that means, and this is the hope, everyone would know, hey, I need a Savior. I think people are looking for a Savior in so many places. Maybe they're looking uh, for salvation through money or power or reputation, or they're looking for Savior through a great politician who's going to really change, you know, the world. Um, or they're looking for a savior in so many places. Mm -hmm. But see, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm your savior because I'm God coming to find you and give you a relationship with my father. So that's the love of God. Um, but then I think that what you said also is a very important. He is just mm -hmm. too. And so, hey, if you're listening and you believe in God and you believe he created you, then you also believe that he's perfect mm -hmm. because he's God. If he, he can't be God and imperfect, but he's a God who is perfect. And so um, wrap, I think we need to wrap our minds around that. Like if he created this whole planet and he's God, like he's <laughs> a higher power that's beyond our comprehension. And so I think it's like, all right, let's tell people the way of salvation that he's revealed. Like, hey, this is, this is the pathway he's given and let's take it. Let's not argue about it and raise a big stink about it. And then 
um, let's trust his judgment mm -hmm. for the rest of humanity, that yeah. it's going to be sound. And I think that's what you're saying. All right. So, Daisy, I think now that we've kind of talked about accountability and judgment and is God fair, I think now what we can do is go to really the question, what happens after death? Mm -hmm. Well, believers go to be with the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. This is the Apostle Paul who was commissioned and empowered by Jesus. He says this, We are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. But then he continues to say that one day he will be away from his body and at home with the Lord. So in the midst of all of the opposition he was facing, the persecution he was facing, he says, hey, I'm of good courage because even if I die, I know I'm going to go to be with the Lord. So at death, we hear we're going to go be with the Lord. Well, the question then becomes, okay, there's a body in the ground. How is it with the Lord? Mm -hmm. Well, this comes from Revelation chapter 6, verse 9. This was the apostle John. He had a vision of heaven before he died that God gave to him as an apostle. Um, and this is some amazing eyewitness stuff. He said this, uh, when he opened the fifth seal... I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. Revelation 6, verse 9. So what it's saying is this. When, a, when someone who's right with God um, dies, their soul goes to be with the Lord. So yes, their body is in the ground or it's cremated or it's uh, just not cremated and buried, but their soul is with the Lord. It's called paradise, according to Jesus. So it's a, it's a great blissful condition to be in. Um, but then I think the question then becomes, all right, where is this soul? Um, and where do, how do we know it exists? And I think that this has been something that in the Hebrew is called nefesh. Mm -hmm. In my background, Lebanese, it's kind of a similar word, nefesh. Mm -hmm. It simply means that the soul is what makes your body alive. Mm -hmm. So like, here, here, here's where it comes from in the beginning. Genesis 2, verse 7. It says, The Lord God formed the man of, of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And there's that word, nefesh. Mm -hmm. So what it's saying is, okay, you got your body and if it didn't have a soul, it'd be a corpse. Mm -hmm. But yet God breathes life into you and that is what's making you alive. And so uh, this is uh, a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, man, it speaks to me as I talk about because I'm like, man, we are complex, uh, incomprehensibly created human beings. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. This, this makes a lot of sense to me. So he's, he's giving us a soul so, basically, what the Bible teaches is that when somebody dies that's right with God, mm -hmm. their soul goes to be in, with Him in paradise. Mm -hmm. um, so, Daisy, what implications does this have for our belief in the second coming? Mm -hmm. So, at the second coming, um, there's something even greater that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. 
But I think a lot of believers maybe think that, like, when you die and go to heaven, mm -hmm. like, they're at, the, they're at the highest peak of the mountain. Mm -hmm. You know, so what would you say? Yeah, I think some of my favorite Bible passages talk about the second coming and um, talks about how Jesus will come back and then um, the heavens and earth as we know them now will be renewed so that there will be a new heavens and a new earth. And um, when Jesus was resurrected, he was from the dead, he was resurrected into his body. However, it was a perfect body. It was a body that isn't marred by the sin or the destruction of this world, but it's a perfect body. And um, the Bible teaches that if we are in Christ, then we have this really special union with Christ. And so Jesus leads the way in that in showing us this resurrected body. But it guarantees that someday at his second coming, our bodies will be resurrected as well. So the Bible just has this really special teaching that someday our bodies will also be resurrected at the second coming of Christ. So it, it, it shows us that this physical world is still important. I think some people think that the physicality of our bodies and of this world, that, that just goes away someday. But it really doesn't. Like Our bodies and this physical world will continue on. They'll just continue on in perfection. And that'll just be, um, it'll still be us, but it will be you know, the perfect version of us, made perfect by Christ in the wow. future. So this is so much more concrete and tangible, because I think mm -hmm. we've bought into this thought that, you know, somehow we're somewhere in a better place and right. it's immaterial um, but yet scripture like you said is saying we get a brand new body and this earth as we know it would be renewed so everything that we care about and see as beautiful like we we mm -hmm. see this earth as beautiful we want to care for it uh, and do well with the environment um, and and also we see each other in relationship at, with bodies mm -hmm. like we see you you have a face you have eyes and you have smell and you have all that. But, and so scripture is saying, now nah, you get all that more in the next mm -hmm. life, but in an unimaginable degrees of glory and strength. Mm -hmm. So it's a renewal of life as you know it. So the, what's the point? The point is our ultimate hope isn't dying and going to heaven. Mm -hmm. Our ultimate hope is the second coming. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that's important for us to wrap our minds around because otherwise we're going to lose like the heart of the New Testament, mm -hmm. which is Jesus is coming again. Mm -hmm. He is our hope. He is our strength. And I think it speaks to children too. Because mm -hmm. if you tell a child, um, we're all going to go to heaven one day and we're all going to die and, to get there. But then it's like, mom, why do you have to die to go to heaven? Why do I have to die to see you again? But this is saying, well, Death is the intermediate state. That's not our ultimate hope. Otherwise, we would just all commit suicide and just go. The body is good. God has a purpose for your life while you're here. Mm -hmm. And our ultimate hope is the second coming of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great to say this to people. Your you know, loved one is resting in peace, mm -hmm. and they will rise again at the resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Or rather, at the resurrection of the dead. Mm -hmm. Jesus is risen, like you said, mm -hmm. and that's the example mm -hmm. of what's coming. Mm -hmm. Love it. Okay, so we get this thought about the bodily resurrection mm -hmm. in a lot of places in the New Testament. 
but one place is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 53. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, there Paul's referring to death, Mm -hmm. but we shall all be changed. So in other words, when Jesus returns visibly, some people will be physically alive. Mm -hmm. But he says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. First Corinthians 15, there's more extraordinarily beautiful language if you want to look it up, if you're listening. But what he is saying is that our ultimate hope is to put on immortality, and that occurs at the second coming. So, then what Paul declares in 1 Thessalonians 4 is that there will be a second coming, uh, but then it says that the dead in Christ will rise first and go to be with Jesus, and then those who are alive at the time will then go and be with Jesus too. So this is where it comes from, 1 Thessalonians 4, verses uh, 15 through 17. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. He's talking about those who have already died in Christ. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Mm. So this is the image. He's, this is the imagery he's giving to us to comfort us, to know, hey, this is where it's all going to go. This is where it's all going to end up. So it just gives you comfort, right? Because in the midst of a fallen world, of the threat of death, I know um, in our anxiety, we can go there. Like, do you ever go there with like, hey, you know, this could happen or that can happen. And then of course. we, you know, there's <laughs> death and, you know, um, but yet here God is giving great encouragement. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, in the end, it will be okay. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's like, we, we've heard that a lot in life. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Things are going to be okay. We wonder if it's really going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Jesus gives us an example and rises from the dead and says, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Daisy, do you have um, a thought of what this will look like? You know, like we're talking about some stuff that's going to be beyond our comprehension today, like yeah. going to heaven. Yeah. What, what's that going to look like? <laughs> and and I, I, think you had a, um, I think you had a quote you wanted to share. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think we can totally understand what it's going to look like because it's something incomprehensible to us. But, you know, the Bible does give us some clues. I think we're going to be really surprised because I think it is beyond what we can comprehend right now. And I just had this quote from um, someone who wrote on the Desiring God website. It's by Ben Dunson. But he describes heaven, um, and he says, Heaven is where God dwells in the unapproachable light of his awesome majesty. 
Death is gain for believers because we enter heaven, the place where we come into the fullness of Christ's loving presence in a holy new way, which is better than life itself. It is also the place where sin, sickness, and sadness are no more, and we live in perfect fellowship with Christ forever. So I think that's really, really the key of our afterlife is that we are in this perfect communion with Christ. And um, that's really what brings the joy and the glory and um, just all of the wonderfulness that we are going to experience someday mm. is being in that perfect communion with him forever. Yeah. It's unimaginable degrees of glory and strength. Mm -hmm. And I think, man, it sounds awesome because you think about all of the amazing places we could go while we're here on this earth and we see those as glorious and beautiful places. But we know that we still have to deal with a fallen world still, mm -hmm. you know, and something could go wrong or, you know, Disneyland's supposed to be an amazing place, but then, you know, your kids are crying the whole time and it's not as fulfilling <laughs> as you thought it would be or whatever. You kind of yeah. get the point. Yeah. The point is, is that the kingdom of heaven, the new creation is going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that could go wrong because you're in perfect harmony with your creator again. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really love what you just shared there, Daisy. And um, I just want to close with this invitation, and it's a powerful quote from Jesus that has made an impact on many people in human history. And he says, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? And so if you're listening today and you haven't yet put your faith in Jesus, we always want to give you the space to consider putting your trust in Him because we believe that life is better with Him. We believe that life is better when He's in control. Life is better with Him because He gives the gift of His life to you. And so um, also if you have lost a loved one and you know that they uh, were right with God, I want, we want to encourage the, the, that comfort of there will be a happy reunion in heaven. You, you do have concrete evidence you will see them again. And we know that Jesus tells the truth and he loves all of us. And so um, if you have a question, uh, we would love it if you could submit it to hello at sjdenver.org. Uh, in addition, if you were blessed in any way by this podcast, we want to encourage you to share it, follow us. We're grateful for your support and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.